and your, our brain, our natural circuitry has kind of uh, needs to be fairly balanced in regards to input output. And obviously at the moment with a hyper stimulating busy world that we that we usually exist in, that's not the case. There's just far too much information coming in. So all the unbelievably naturally, elegantly beautiful things of a blackbird kind of singing at the end of the garden of, you know, all, all the flowers, uh, you know, kind of being reborn. Everything is in you know, all of these natural beauties are things that exist every single year. The issue is that we just don't notice them because yeah. we're too busy thinking about work, looking at our phone, having a million and one more pressures as a parent, having a million and one more pressures as an employee or an employer. And, you know, we can walk for two miles a day. And, you know, at the end, when we get to the finish line, the most one of the most terrifying things that I, that I find is I ask my clients, what do they see on the walk over here today? And they'll be like, I don't know. That's Jim Galvin from Atlas Fitness Conditioning, and this is the Travelling Optimist podcast with Steve Odie. So hey everybody, how are you? Um, How's week two of lockdown going? The first series of my podcasts is centered around giving you strategies to help you navigate these choppy waters, to steer a course for yourself and your loved ones that you wouldn't have the opportunity to have done so without this enforced period of sequestration. Now, there's no doubt the world's going to be a different place when we venture out of our cocoonment um, in a few months' time. And what I truly hope is that everyone comes out the other side with a different perspective on their life. Perhaps we'll be more about community than self, more about talking than texting, more about volunteerism over materialism. Whatever it is, let's all make a decision to come out of this stronger and better Uh, and the show after all is all about optimism and that segues nicely into the intro to my guest for this episode of the traveling optimist podcast with steve odie I have huge pleasure introducing someone that I've known for a few years now and really looked on in admiration for his enthusiasm and zest for life and genuinely is one of the nicest guys on the planet. He's one of those rare people that after just a moment with him, you're immediately more optimistic and motivated. And we're going to delve a bit deeper and try and find out some of his secrets to a happy and healthy life. Jim passed out as a Royal Marines commando in 2009 with a plan to only ever serve four to five years. He was, in his words, lucky enough to be quite busy during that period, serving in both Iraq and Afghanistan. About nine months before he left, he attended open trials for the Great Britain bobsleigh team and spent every hour of the home stretch of his military career training and becoming one of only six men and women to make the international team from the 130 that initially trialed that year. Two years later, and having spent huge stretches of time out of the country and competing for Team GB, Jim moved to East Grinstead where he started Atlas Fitness Conditioning, a functional fitness training business designed to help busy working people build a great foundation of strength and fitness in a welcoming and non-judgmental supportive environment. Jim does, however, still keep one foot in the military door and regularly supports Rock2 Recovery, a forces mental health charity supporting military personnel, veterans and their families with their mental health and well-being. His support extends to hosting charity dinners, being asked to speak publicly on their behalf and successfully break two Guinness World Records whilst raising money for the group. Five years on 
And Atlas boasts a team of six amazing coaches. And it's these trusted coaches' ability that allows Jim to pursue his other passion, which is travel. And that's amazing. I'm gl- so glad you're into travel, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. No, um, it's uh, such a thrill, really. And I think one thing, as I sort of alluded to uh, there before, uh, is <laughs> w- whenever I see you, I, I always come out of that meeting or conversation feeling pumped up. It's like you've got this energy. It's incredible. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I don't really know where that comes from, if that's been drilled into me some way or if that's intuitive or just written into my DNA. I suppose it's a kind of a controversial topic as to how people develop the characteristics they've got. But if that's, if that's what you're getting from the interactions, mate, I'm bloody happy with that. No, it's absolutely. I think um, you're like one of these, uh, you're like a magnet, I think, you know, for just living life to the max. Do you, are you the sort of person that kind of thinks, you know, I'm only here once, I'm going to make the most of it? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's a good kind of, it's, it's an interesting point to see whether or not this is kind of a natural tendency or whether or not this is something that's kind of been, been trained into you. And I think it's probably a little bit of both. I, I, I think for me, it's one thing that, that kind of a, even a short stint in the military would have given me is something that at the moment could be incredibly relevant to people, which is perspective. So I think at the moment, you know, I, I look back on, on, on my harsh times in both in theatre and in training. And I think realistically with the day that we've got, if a client speaks to you in a mean way or you don't quite close a new deal or you have some kind of uh, situation which is potentially kind of negative in your mind, you think, right, what is this compared to what? And I think that, that having that question is kind of a constant constant kind of mantra uh, means you tend to look on the positive side of things. So when you joined the military, is that something that you had to learn or was it something that it was already already inside of you, if you liked? Again, probably a bit of both. I think you have to have that. You have to have that a little bit to even want to join the military because let's be honest, the a tendency to join any part of the armed forces, especially the Royal Marines, is a bit of a bloody mental illness. You're literally signing up to be cold. You're signing up to be wet and miserable the whole time. So if you've got a tendency to kind of, to want to do that in the first place then then you have to have that characteristic at least a little bit and i think that yeah. when you're in uh, it develops that further so i mean different parts of the military obviously specialize in different things and have kind of different characteristics different virtuous qualities that they kind of lay claim to but one of the these qualities one of these kind of commando qualities as they're known in the royal marines is cheerfulness in the face of adversity i think that's maybe just because we're colder and wetter than most people because uh, our, tra- our training's a little bit more miserable. We kind of, you have to have that. So that is something that you have to have a little bit before you even go in. Otherwise, you wouldn't be attracted to it in the first place. And then it's definitely developed during your time. With- I think it definitely developed. And it's certainly something that you can, you can then use when you come out of the military as well. So in essence, that training and that environment that you were subjected to is then something that you took into your business as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's one of the best gifts that you can have, actually which is developing an ability to, to stay fairly kind of lighthearted, not to the degree that you're being naive and flippant about different things that are potentially going wrong when kind of the, the sky's falling down on you, but to, to stay fairly lighthearted and attempt to stay humorous when, when things are challenging. I think that is an unbelievable asset to have. And I'm definitely very grateful for the fact that I've developed that over the years. And I think, again, for a generation that has, you know, comparatively to, to other generations, led an incredibly comfortable life. Yeah. The time the time that we're in at the moment might be this is the kind of in a bit of a mean way this is the probably the little bit of a punch in the mouth that the the millennial generation is experiencing now which is actually helping them develop a little bit of resilience mm. so they might look back on this and actually be kind of weirdly grateful for the fact that they got to that they got to have this time 
Oh, I hope so. I, you know, and I think having sort of two months of doing nothing, you know, I, I would hate for people to not use that time in a positive way because, mm. you know, my thoughts on that really are that the, as a country, we're going to need to, everybody's going to be needed to, to be singing from the same hymn sheet. And I was talking to Louise, who's a, a life coach, uh, last week about this. And we were, I, you know, I was talking about we needed everybody firing in all four cylinders. And then I thought, well, no, actually, we need everybody on like a V12 huge huge engine we need everybody on 12 cylinders coming out firing and focused and one of those things really is in terms of from your physical fitness and a health perspective you know this is a chance to reset uh, how we sort of live in that sense and i was thinking about you know how you lead your life from a from a health and fitness side of things obviously from being in the military and coming out of that and everything you've really kept that fitness regime going haven't you yeah, I mean, for me, that was always that that was always a huge part of it, and I think it's uh, moving into the fitness industry from a military career is it's not what everybody does, but it's not uncommon by any means. But yeah, it's definitely something that I've that, that I've kept up. I enjoy it, and for me, it's kind of a bit of a sanctuary and a bit of a refuge uh, in an otherwise quite fast-paced world. Yeah, and I think that's why the fitness industry has actually grown in the UK and everywhere in the Western world over the last kind of probably five to ten years because the world is fast-paced. It is stimulating. There's a lot going on. It can be quite stress-inducing with the amount that we're expected to work, you know, and everything else that we're expected to do. We're constantly connected 24/7. So people are having a, a half an hour to 90-minute yeah. slot in the middle of the day where they actually go get to kind of park their mind. They get to switch things off. They're not uh, responsible for really having to think and they just get kind of told what to do and how to do it in regards to exercise that's why a lot of people move into fitness i think now because it, it gives them that reprieve for a little bit yeah absolutely do you have like a routine every day of what you do i do a little bit yeah so now i'm on like a little bit of like a, a four day routine so i have a kind of an upper body strength day i have a lower body strength day and then i have like a, a cardio day and then a day off where i just stretch my decrepit body and then buy some more sellotape <laughs> to keep all my joints together i've, I've tried kind of a, a few different routines and regimes but that's the one that works best for me and this is what I find a lot of my clients do as well there's a huge amount of kind of bio variability so let's talk about the guys that will be in a position where they're stressed out with things that are going on at the moment they might be you know stuck in the house in in for, enforced solitude and they're looking online to what is the best home workout routine and it comes up with a million different options and that's one of the difficult things about the fitness industry at the moment the fact that we're given so much contradictory information my best advice would be try as many of them as you can yeah. and work out eight which one seems to work best for your body so you're not in as much pain and, and, and you seem to be getting results and B, uh, which one do you enjoy? Because I'm a massive believer in the biggest dictating factor of success in anything, in business and fitness, in anything, is application of effort. So find the one that you enjoy the most, seems the least torturous and the most fun, uh, and then stick with that. Obviously, you can't run your classes now. So what are you doing in the interim from your business point of view and, and, and looking after your clients? A huge part of my brand is kind of is face-to-face -face interaction and kind of the accountability that you get from that interaction and exchange of actually doing it in person. Yeah. Obviously, the fact that I'm saying that as part of my brand shows that I didn't have a pandemic contingency in my business plan, <laughs> which I don't think anybody did. But the way that I've, uh, the way that we've kind of maneuvered that now is to keep people as plugged in to the community as possible. We have six uh, live sessions streamed a week, so six thirty to seven pm. Quick kind of thirty minute snapshot. We have them Monday to Saturday, and everybody gets access to the to the kind of the Zoom link to give them access to that video. That that's just, they're just workouts that are appropriate for kind of doing in your living room. We also have two kids sessions, so obviously a huge 
logistical issue for a lot of people at the moment is not only their their own time and their own finances but it's the fact that their kids have been pulled out of school and that just throws an, an extra spanner into the work so we're basically offering two uh kids like active kids sessions a week on a tuesday and thursday at 2 30 p.m and then there's three pre-recorded sessions that me or one of the other coaches do and put onto a google drive where if people you know for some reason can't make any of the other sessions they're able to download them and watch them whenever so that is that's effectively what we're doing at the moment. We're just trying to give people as much of an opportunity to have exposure to these home sessions as possible and then hope they can they can make some of those. That's, I mean, that's amazing, actually. And one thing that resonates throughout all of this series of podcasts is that there's the word opportunity. And I can, I can see that we've got this problem where, you know, the country's coming to a, a standstill. You've looked at that situation. Right. What can we do? I know we can actually do this for our clients. And then using technology, it's putting another string to your bow almost, isn't it? Yeah, it, exactly. And it, it potentially preps you for, you know, dare I say that, you know, however long this may last, it sets us up with an infrastructure that at least means right now, if anything like this did ever happen again, we now have a way of operating. Yeah. It means we are still operational in some way, in some capacity, not at full capacity, but in some capacity, you know, during a time where people are completely unable to leave their house. Uh, and again, that kind of that question of right, so how can we how can we utilize this time as an opportunity? That is it's, it's great to be having this conversation with you, mate, because that's exactly how I've attempted to look at this since Boris threw the hammer down last week. Yeah, I think I've always, always had the phrase or read about the phrase rather that in times of adversity, there's always opportunities. You're taking advantage of the, of the situation in terms of looking at things from a different point of view. And the knock on on that is that you're still being able to help your clients. And so they're going to be in a position in a couple of months time to still be on, on track in terms of their fitness and, and health. And that can only be a, a really good thing. Do you sort of get involved in from a, a food aspect as well as, as, as the fitness side of things? So one of the one of the guys in the Atlas coaching staff, as it were, he has a degree in nutrition and a postgrad in sports nutrition. So we don't tend to get involved too much. And out of quite assertive principle, that is to say something I'm quite vocal about in the fitness industry with a lot of my other associates. Yeah. is that per personal trainers shouldn't really kind of speak beyond their station in regards to nutrition. The level of nutrition education during any personal trainer qualification is very low. So they know the basics, but there are kind of the two, there are two extra things that they should look at. One, it, they, they need to acknowledge that it is only the basics that they are taught. And two, there's a huge level of what's called bio-variability in nutrition that the, the world is starting to kind of wake up to. So as an example, this is probably a much longer answer than you're expecting, <laughs> but kind of um, as an example, there's, if, if you Google, right, what is, what is the best diet for someone in the UK? It'll come yeah. up with you know, a couple of different options. But if your, fat, if your, if your DNA has 50,000 years of ancestry as an Eskimo, you're going to respond very differently to a certain diet than if you've got 50,000 years of ancestry in Ethiopia. Yeah. You see what I mean? So, okay. and this is, this, this is kind of the one thing it's that, it's that variability in diet, which a huge amount of that comes from where is your ancestry from that, ha that is unbelievably significant. And a lot of people don't really look into that. They are starting to, hmm. uh, but unfortunately a lot of the general public that would go to a personal trainer might not be aware of the fact that that is very relevant. I do get that. Funnily enough, I was listening to somebody talk about plant-based diets as an example. That, that resonated with me quite a lot, actually. And if you look back, you know, millions of years even, uh, we were all eating berries and ve vegetables and, and things like that. So it, it could go, that, that sort of diet 
DNA, if you like, can go even further back than the 50,000 years of wherever you come from, can't it? It can, yeah. I mean, the plant-based diet is, a, is obviously one of the most topical things in the industry. Well, not even in the industry. I think it's kind of transcended just the fitness industry. I think a, a, a huge amount of the general public are, are wondering whether or not to do this. And I think, I can't remember whether, don't quote me on this, I can't remember whether it was Sainsbury's or Tesco's, but I think Sainsbury's have appointed their own director of vegan alternatives or something. Oh, really? Which is like, yeah, which is like a phenomenally high up position on kind of this directorship where they've only got about the top 12 guys yeah. and now they've appointed they've basically created this new role just for plant-based eating which just shows where where the industry is going like for, for me personally i think again there is there's a massive amount of variability in whether or not your body will respond to it i think if you are what's called a polar type so if you are more kind of towards the, the poles and and uh, kind of the eskimo ancestry you're not going to respond very well to a plant-based diet you're going to respond much more to something along the lines of what's called keto which is a very high protein high fat yeah. very low carb but then you know if you're not plant-based might be something that's good good for you so again instead of it sounds a bit kind of dismissive and a bit flippant about it but the best thing you can do is just try these things and just see what your body says is if you're in a if you've got a fairly decent level of kind of foundation of health and fitness then if you eat if you maintain a certain diet for even you know a week you'll yeah. start to get good kind of what's called biofeedback so your body will tell you whether or not it likes what you're doing to it or not yeah absolutely i'll tell you what i've done over the last sort of couple of months is change my breakfast and i have a plant-based breakfast which is coconut milk and muesli breakfast every day and I tell you what, I find that I am absolutely not hungry until lunchtime. I'm not snacking. Mm. It's, it feels right, if you know what I mean. I haven't quite got around to doing anything lunchtime meals or, or evening meals quite right, quite yet. But it feels good. And I think you're right, actually. You know, doing the test and letting your body tell you whether it's the right thing to do or not is actually a really good piece of advice. In terms of the current situation that we're all in, you know, being at home and stuff. What are your sort of general pieces of advice for, for the listeners to stay, stay in tune, if you like, with, uh, with their health and fitness? I think, I think there's a couple of different kind of like golden nuggets that I would just, I would super strongly and assertively kind of emphasize. One of them is just literally ingrained into our DNA is stay as goddamn safe as possible. If we have the opportunity to stay inside all day, we probably will. So I think to a certain degree, we have to be nice and proactive over this time to make sure that we do peel ourselves off the sofa and actually get outside into the fresh air. And uh, so I think with the, the one piece of exercise a day that we are allowed to engage in, absolutely advise doing that outside, even if it is your garden. Get some yeah. grass under your feet, get some, you know, look up and see the sky and not a ceiling. I think that is super important just to... I mean, even from a biochemical point of view, if we see, you know, certain shades of green on trees, then if you know this, you actually start to get like a little bit of a dopamine response because you know you're in an area that has water. Like it is literally mental how the human body works. We respond incredibly favorably, favorably to being outside. That's the first one. Make sure that you try and spend uh, as much time outdoors as you can. And the second one is, again, like I kind of alluded to very briefly earlier, find something that you enjoy. If people are like, oh, yes, cycling, really good for you. If you flipping hate cycling, don't do it. Like, just find some application of effort is the one thing that is going to dictate how hard you try and how hard you engage in a piece of uh, in kind of a type of exercise and how long you keep that going for so just find something that you enjoy get your body moving go outside if it's running it's running if it's walking it's walking if it is cycling cool if it is you know if it's something else that you can do outside and it's just go outside there with one light dumbbell and do a little circuit in your garden cool do that so just yeah. 
be kind of unashamedly selfish with the kind of exercise that, that you want to partake in. And that means that you are infinitely more likely to keep it going in a time that is stressful enough with everyone's finances and everyone's job being in danger. Give yourself the opportunity to have that one 60 minute reprieve and be selfish by doing the kind of exercise that you want to do. Great advice. Thanks. I think with the opportunity that we've got now in our hands during these sort of unprecedented times, I think that it's the perfect time to like you, you mentioned talking about going outside and looking at different the different shades of green give you a hit of dopamine and that kind of reconnection really because I was thinking about this today it's only when that sort of noise in your life is reduced you get to see different things that you that have always been there but actually you've not really paid any attention to it was literally listening to a blackbird on our fence this morning singing and it's the most beautiful song and it's mm. sort of thing you don't you don't really pay any attention to normally because you're, you're rushing around the house, you know, doing stuff or getting into, you're getting ready for work or whatever, and you just miss it. And also the other thing that I did notice was that, and obviously it's this particular time of year, and I think it's great that people can spend time out. And like you said, and I would recommend people go outside and, and, and do some exercise, and even if it's just in the garden, like you said. But the trees are coming out into bud now and stuff like that. And I just think that whole kind of regeneration thing is, is just amazing. And it's just brilliant. And I love it. Good. And I think it's, I think the funny thing is what you're articulating there is, is hopefully something a lot of other people kind of agree with and have also started to notice as well. And so one of the things that one of the kind of the passions that I've developed over the last few years is this is very much linked to my profession of personal training, which is kind of a quick caveat for that or a quick kind of bit of info for that. The personal in personal training is far more important than the training in personal training. It's all about the one-to-one relationship that you have with somebody if you are, if, if one-to-one is what you're doing as opposed to group stuff. And obviously we, we do a little bit of both in, in you, you work with so many different kinds of people and you start to become very, very good at pattern recognition. So what is it that is that both makes most people happy? And what is it that, you know, are there any undercurrents of trend that make most people stressed? Yeah. So I've, and I've started to kind of to, to look into this stuff and, and you, our brain, our natural circuitry has kind of uh, needs to be fairly balanced in regards to input output. And obviously at the moment with a hyper stimulating busy world that we, that we usually exist in, that's not the case. There's just far too much information coming in. So all the unbelievably naturally, elegantly beautiful things of a blackbird kind of singing at the end of the garden of, you know, all, all the flowers uh, you know kind of being reborn everything is you know all of these natural beauties are things that exist every single year the issue is that we just don't notice them because yeah. we're too busy thinking about work looking at our phone having a million and one more pressures as a parent having a million and one more pressures at it as an employee or an employer and you know we can walk for two miles a day and you know at the end when we get to the finish line the most one of the most terrifying things that i that i find is i ask my clients what do they see on the walk over here today and they'll be like i don't know mm. <laughs> they just they yeah. literally have, they have no idea where they've been they are so on autopilot so yeah i i agree with you and i'm very much in, in kind of the same camp as let's utilize the fact that we're in this situation now as an opportunity to actually get back to kind of a, a headspace where we're able to notice these 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 incredible things and that's that's one one of the opportunities that we've got in this time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one thing that these difficult times provide us with not only opportunities, but also I've noticed that when you're in a situation which is difficult and is a, is a crisis or you, you could be at rock bottom or something like that, those times are always followed, always followed by times of, of magic, of growth and creativity. And I wondered... Mm. 
With your military background, when you were in on tour, if you like, when you were in those times of crisis, of difficulty, what sort of things did you have to draw on to get yourself out of that? For, for me, and I think for a lot of other guys, it was this kind of this constant mantra, whether you believe it or not. You tell yourself something enough, Steve, and you just you do bloody believe it. So you just kind of kept drilling yeah. it into your own head of this is absolutely temporary. This is only temporary. This yeah. isn't going to last forever. A couple more days, a couple more hours one more week, whatever it may be, you just took solace in the fact that it was going to end. That for me was the main thing that the main tool that I used to kind of to, to keep myself positive in that time was just continually assert yourself and remind yourself that this isn't going to last forever. Yeah. And like this is only incredibly temporary, incredibly temporary. And in my opinion, one of the things that we are absolutely wired to do uh, as human beings is, is share experiences with others in our pack, in our tribe. Mm. And that is one thing that I believe is single-handedly one of the biggest causes of mental health. I mean, again, you look at it, mate, and every single metric, we live a better, more safer, more comfortable, more affluent life than any generation through the history of recorded man. So why is it that there are so many people with mental health conditions in the 21st century? I think it's because we're so socially disconnected. Yeah. And yet, lo and behold, one of the things that brings people, brings mankind together more than anything else is shared bloody adversity. And we're in this situation now. And what do we do? We create this idea that everyone will go out at 8 p.m. on a Thursday evening and applaud the NHS. And it is like this beautiful sign mm. that mankind still is, you know, together when it needs to be. And sometimes it is. It's, it's adversity that, that, that really does bring people together. And, and, and there's actually times that we remember more fondly than, than when we were making hundreds of thousands of pounds a year, but working 15 hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. I love times like that. I don't know why. I'm, 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 I must have something wrong in my, my head or something. But I really like the opportunity to do something better. And I think this is where this time that we've got on our hands at the moment, this is, this is the perfect time to be able to do something better. Mm -hmm. I mentioned at the top of the show, actually, we were talking about, I was talking about materialism. Perhaps people could look at the, you know, life slightly differently when they come out of this, not be bothered by Snapchat or whatever their social media platform that is your, is your go-to, but go out and call your grandmother or your grandfather, if, you know, or speak to your dad or call your children um, if they're away from home or just do something to communicate better, I think. I've, I very much hope that that's the case. And that's, that's, that's what I'm absolutely what I'm gunning for. I do think there'll be a fork in the road after which will be there'll be at the end of this. So the last day of quarantine, there'll be I believe the whole Western world will make the assertion that, right, man, this is the way I'm going to live my life now. I'm not going to be anywhere near as materialistic. I'm going to live a more minimalist lifestyle. I'm going to focus on X, Y, Z. And then two weeks later, the unfortunate thing is old habits die hard. But yeah. I don't think that'll be everyone. I, do, I, think, I think that there will, be, there will be a number of people who uh, this experience might well be might well be a turning point for them mm, uh, yeah. and they do realize they reassess what's actually what's actually important it's absolutely not, it's not everything that a lot of mainstream society tells us is important and again that's what a lot of people i believe even before this kind of these these crazy times that we're in now 
I believe over the last definitely five years, people are starting to reassess what really are kind of the keys to happiness. Because again, people have more, people have more money, bigger houses, bigger cars, bigger whatever. And lo and behold, they're not actually any happier. So they're like, bloody hell, what is, what, what is actually this thing? that <laughs> Everything that society tells me I need to be happy. I yes. keep getting, I go, I'm going bigger, I'm going better. I'm going more flipping gold plated and, and, and it doesn't work. So I think even before this, people are starting to, and especially because of this during this time, people will be reassessing what, it, what actually is it that, that we need to be, uh, you know, a, 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 a real happiness, not happiness as in the stimulation of like a new thing, mm. but like peaceful contentment. The, the one thing that, that people do need more than ever is, is that feeling of kind of social connectedness and togetherness. And, and this is bloody hell, man. The universe could not have given us a better opportunity to, to, have, to have that lesson thrown in our face. Absolutely. 100% with you on that one. So just to finish, really, um, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's so, it's, yeah, thank you, buddy. We, we haven't spoken for a, for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate taking time to, to talk with me. What three things would you like people to do over the next couple of months to, um, to make sure that they're in the best position possible for when, for when the gates open? Good point. I think one of them, and again, I do just have to draw on my experiences in my own profession here. I think maintaining a certain level of, uh, of physical health is just absolutely valuable. I mean, the human body is designed to move. Being stagnant is not good. If you, know, if, if you sit down for too long, it literally fills your body with stress hormone because it's yeah. telling you to get up and move. So I think finding a way, again, to, to have uh, exercise every single day uh, that is something that you enjoy and something that even afterwards even if you're puffing and, and, and you're sweating you feel it you, you just feel fantastic from I feel as though that's incredibly important I think a second one would be spend some time with your friends and family and that is take advantage of the thing that I mean for, for me so many of my clients kind of complain and long for one one singular thing which is time we have literally been given yeah. the gift of time. Try and look back honestly and objectively at all the things that, you, that you've been saying for the last however long that you wish you had time to do. And then, and then try and be proactive and actually taking advantage of that and, and you know, u- utilizing the time that we've got, as, yeah. as, we've, as we've spoken about, as, kind of a, as, as an opportunity to get that stuff done, learn a language. Spend time, with, spend, spend time with your family, watch more documentaries on things that you're interested in or learn a new subject. And, uh, and I think the third thing would be kind of callous and a and, and, and bit mean as it might sound, try to get some perspective on how bad this actually is. This is not the blitz. This is not the plague. Most of us still have a roof over our head. The chances are, you know, that at least at, at the very least with the information that's been given at the moment, this is 12 weeks. This isn't ideal. And this is a huge spanner in the works for a lot of us, but we are not being bombed on a daily basis. Like compared to some of the other troubling times that are our, you know, two, three generations down would have had to endure. This really is nothing other than the fact that we've been told don't leave the house that much. And, and kind of that, that, that that's it really and stay yeah. safe and, and so the social distancing protocols is not exactly the worst thing that humanity's had to endure so just try to get some kind of perspective compare it to other things and, and just you know take advantage of the time that we've been given to do the things that you've been saying that you want to do for the last however long that's awesome i mean yeah and it is all about perspective jim thank you so much mate i really appreciate you taking time um, i know i've already said it but I, I really do appreciate it and i look forward to you coming on the, on, on another show sometime down the line and um you know i'm sure <laughs> we'll have, have me i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> we'll have lots to talk about but listen stay safe and um we'll see you on the other side appreciate it steve thanks for having me on mate anytime take care buddy 
My sincere thanks to Jim, who completes the first set of podcasts. He's the living embodiment of living an aligned life, where your health is the cornerstone of your life. Without it, we have nothing. Jim can be contacted through his website, afconditioning.co.uk. That's afconditioning.co.uk. To finish, I'd just like to say it's been a huge privilege to have spoken to all of my last four guests. And I hope that you found their advice and help something that you can incorporate into your own life during these tough times. I guarantee you'll not regret it and you'll be ready, ready to take on life when we come out of the other side of this virus. Xavier Rudd wrote in his song, Follow the Sun, Tomorrow is a new day for everyone, a brand new moon and a brand new sun. And remember that the sun has risen millions of times before you and I were here and it will after we're gone. So in this microcosm of time that we have on this earth, Let's make the most of it. Stay safe, stay strong.